there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. knew you'd figure it out i'm i just need time sometimes (laughs) sometimes (laughs) it's fine i knew you'd get it i know i know okay what do you have for pod business this week shy so um one of the things i have for pod business this week is just to remind everyone that we are going to the true crime podcast festival podcast did i say (laughs) festival yes you did jesus (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. fine it's fine the true crime podcast festival yep there's gonna be a lot of people there a lot a lot we are doing a live recording yes on spotify live gulp on august the morning of august 28th at 9 a.m yes so Go ahead and cancel church that morning. <laughs> yeah. Because. Do you really need to go? No. You're going to need to log in to Spotify mm-hmm. and listen. Yeah. However that works. I don't even know how that works. Miss that Sunday school at 9 a.m. It's fine. <sighs> God's not going to hate you, I'm sure. It's going to be fine. Yeah. It's going to be great. So we're doing that. And yeah. Mm-hmm. That's. Uh, what about you? So. I wanted to put this idea forward. Okay. Uh, Yes. Go. In the event that we have a mistake or something that we need to correct, Mm -hmm. instead of waiting two or three weeks to do a corrections corner, can I just update the show notes so that everybody can see it? I mean, I, I wouldn't see why not. And that way, when you listen to the episode, you know hey, we fucked something up, but here's the correct information. Information. I Well, I want to say yes, I don't see a problem with that. But on the other hand, this is a show about us talking and for us to just write down a mis- or write down a correction instead of us coming on here vocally correcting it. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too far into it. Like people want to hear, not read. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair. So. Marinate on that for a little bit. I will. Okay. Do you have anything else? No. Before I start on my shit? No, I need you to just go ahead and just dive into that shit. Okay. It's going to be kind of heavy. Oh, God. But it's not uh, our typical murdery murder okay okay Uh uh-huh so just hang with me okay it's something that i am super uneducated on oh okay to the point of being ignorant okay and i would even go so far as to say that i've chosen to be ignorant because it doesn't affect me in any sort of way all right okay Mm -hmm. so it 
I saw a TikTok the other day. Okay. Because my TikTok algorithm is all over the fucking place. I love that. All over the place. Love that. And I saw a TikTok the other day that was like, what you really need to be talking about is Indian boarding school deaths. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, yeah. What? I've only seen the things that have popped up on the news, national news, that type of thing. And it's just. Yeah. And I don't watch the fucking news. So I probably would have known about this sooner. But TikTok told me. Oh, yeah. I've, so. I've learned about it a, a couple of months ago. And it's. It's Horrific. super. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. So I thought I am super uneducated on it. Okay. Amongst other things, there's a multitude of things, but <laughs> I am very, very uneducated on uh, Native American history and all of that. Okay. Because they never taught us that in schools, really. No. At all. No. It was very much whitewashed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. To the point where I didn't even know about Black Wall Street and the Tulsa race massacre. Right. Until I got to college, mm-hmm. and a professor just sort of off the cuff was like, yeah, you know, the the Tulsa uh, race riots and stuff, and 75% of my class was like, what? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Yes. Right. Like, none of us knew. Right. No. And he lost his faith in humanity that day because none of us knew, but um, he mean, got to educate us. So... He was trying to restore his he, faith. He was trying. <laughs> he tried. I got to fix these kids, man. We made it tough for him, but he tried. <laughs> so we are going to talk about the fucking dumpster fire. Oh, no. That is Indian boarding schools. Yeah. Okay. Didn't Oklahoma have quite a few. We have a shit ton. Yeah. And there are still some operating today. I'm sorry, what? Yep. So, I am using the term Indian. I recognize that the preferred term is indigenous. Yes. I'm using Indian because we are going to be talking about the Department of the Interior's investigation into these schools. Okay. And that's what they refer to it as. Okay. It's Indian boarding schools. Okay. Okay. Yeah, make that real clear for anyone listening. Just like going crazy here. Right. Um, so in 2021, the Department of the Interior launched an initiative to investigate Indian boarding schools. Okay. Okay. The initiative was announced at the National Congress of American Indians 2021 mid year conference. So all of these tribes get together, government officials, and they meet and discuss issues that are affecting tribes and tribal members. Nice. Okay. So Secretary of the Interior, Deb Holland, who is the first indigenous person to ever hold a cabinet seat. Yes. At all. And a woman. Yeah. Not just the first indigenous woman, but the first indigenous person ever to hold 
a cabinet seat. Right. And she is over the Department of the Interior, which supervises the Bureau of Indian Affairs. That's awesome. Yeah. That's it amazing. just shocks me that no other person has ever been in that role. It, You know, the the things that have come to light over the years, recent, whatever, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. At all. Fair. Super fair. So at this uh, 2021 mid-year conference with the National Congress of American Indians, Deb Holland announces this initiative. And she announced it by saying, the Interior Department will address the intergenerational impact of Indian boarding schools to shed light on the unspoken traumas of the past. Mm. No matter how hard it will be, I know that this process will be long and difficult. I know that this process will be painful. Right. It won't undo the heartbreak and loss we feel, but only by acknowledging the past can we work toward a future that we're all proud to embrace. Yes. Which is super fair, right? Yes. So they made it very clear that as they moved through this initiative, they would be consulting with tribes to determine how best to use the information that they gather. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Because they were going back from the early 1800s. Oh, wow. To literally 1969. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So it's a large span of time yeah. that they're looking at. And from what I understand, this has been the the Indian boarding schools um question let's say questionable practices right have been people have known about them for ever like forever forever and everyone has been trying to push to get this uh, investigation, review, whatever, it has been pushed for decades. Oh, wow. Because okay. for over 20 years, Canada has been investigating their tribal schools. Right. And they have found almost a thousand bodies. Right. Of children, of children mm-hmm. in like unmarked mass graves. Yes, all the way down to the age of two. Right. Yeah, and they know that some of those, at least some, from witness accounts of children that were at the school at the time, mm-hmm. they know that at least some of those children died because of. Severe abuse, right? Intentional murder. Oh my gosh! Or just the fact that they were starving these kids to death. Oh my gosh! So, just keep in mind that we're not talking about necessarily. We're not talking about kids that were in orphanages that nobody wanted or whatever, right? And they were sent to these schools. 
and no one ever cared about them again. It was like a concentrated effort mm-hmm. for these governments, Canada and the U.S., yeah. to cover up the shit that they were doing in these schools. Yeah. To babies. Yeah. To small children. Right. So this shit has been going on in Canada for 20 years. They've been unearthing bodies, trying to identify them, trying to find which tribe they belong to, what their family lineage is, like stuff like that. So they can either repatriate the remains to tribal lands Mm -hmm. and bury them in the way that they should be buried. Correct. Yeah. Or, at the very least, just try to put a name on some remains. Right? That's heartbreaking. Yeah. So, there are other podcasts that have covered uh, pieces of the Canadian Mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. We're mostly going to focus on the U.S. stuff. Okay. It's relatively new. Yeah. Um. Because literally they just started looking at it in 2021. Mm-hmm. And it it is a huge initial report. So when they first started the initiative in mid-2021, the Department of the Interior, uh, Deb Holland, was like, I'm giving you this um, instruction to go investigate the history of these schools, investigate where there may be unmarked graves of unidentified children, and determine what we need to do to right this wrong, essentially. That's awesome. So they knew that it was going to be a a multi-year investigation and an ongoing investigation, But she wanted an initial report back by April 2022. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So the assistant secretary of the BIA, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, returned the initial report back to her on April 1st, 2022. It's 106 pages long. Oh. My goodness. And that does not include the additional exhibits that go over, like, where schools were located and stuff like that. Right. Okay? Okay. So this initial report goes into the history of the schools. All right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go over some of that information with you right now. Please do. Okay. So in the report, it reads... This report shows for the first time that between 1819 and 1969, Jesus, the United States operated or supported 408 boarding schools across 37 states or territories, including 21 schools in Alaska. And seven in Hawaii. Oh. Okay? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So they went clear up into Native Alaskan Mm -hmm. tribes, clear into Native Hawaiian. Okay? Yep. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) The report identifies each of those schools by name and location. 
some of which operated across multiple sites. This report confirms that the United States directly targeted Jesus. American Indian, Alaska Native, and Native Hawaiian children in the pursuit of a policy of cultural assimilation that coincided with Indian territorial dispossession. It identifies the federal Indian boarding schools that were used as a means for these ends, along with at least 53 burial sites for children across the system, with more site discoveries and data expected as we continue our research. Okay? Okay. So, question. Mm-hmm. Can you can you tell us what the dis- Possession. Possession. Mm -hmm. What that means. Yep. So, for lack of a better term, Mm -hmm. and we'll get more into it here in a minute, but the government would take Native children, and in this report, they have quotes from people like Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin and our quote-unquote founding fathers that identified in the early days of America, they identified Native Americans as a threat that needed to be neutralized. And the only way for that threat to be neutralized was to take their land and ensure that their children did not live in a native culture. Okay. Yes. They wanted children to learn to be white European farmers. Right. They did not want them to be hunter gatherers anymore and live a nomadic tribal lifestyle. Right. So that didn't fit into their plan. Yes. For this country. Exactly. They wanted to. Oh my God. Exactly. This is going to, this is going to make me really upset, isn't it? It's going to make me. It should, it should make you upset, but it should also make you want to understand more of the history. Oh yeah. Because if we don't understand what we did wrong in the past, we are doomed to repeat it. Right. Right? Right. And it just shows that since literally day 1, mm-hmm. they have been attempting to whitewash mm-hmm. tribes right and literally talking about stealing their land and crippling them in a way right. that they could no longer procreate right that they could no longer have right. native traditions and everything like that right. they took away their their bison they took away their everything. like main food source this this isn't about people finding a new place to live. No. This is about them finding a new place to live, finding that it was already inhabited and destroying those inhabitants. Yes. Because they thought they were better and they had a God-given right to do so. Yeah. They thought they were doing God's work to do it. They were not. They were coming over to a new land and taking it. And even when they sent... Even after they sent the Indians down the Trail of Tears, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Even after that whole 
disaster happened. And that's and another thing that was gave super whitewashed. Yeah. yeah, like killing them off mm-hmm. by hunger, killing them off with diseases mm-hmm. that they couldn't naturally fight. Right. Killing them off by putting them into an environment that they didn't know how to deal with. Right. They still were like, hey, also, um, if you don't go ahead and put your kids in these schools, we're not going to give you the rations and money that we owe you under this treaty. Right. They fucked them so hard. Right. And I am ashamed to admit, I know knew very little anything before I started looking into this and then I did a deep dive. I still am incredibly ignorant because we just haven't been immersed in any of this. No, because it's, uh, you know, the, what is it? History goes to the victor, right? So when we like, it's, it's all about us. It's all about white men doing this great deed when in fact they didn't, they killed off people and families and livelihoods and you know i read that killers of the flower moon that that was my first real um eye-opening like holy crap yeah these these poor you know indigenous people that had a right to all of that land to Mm -hmm. all of those mineral rights and were lied to yep. and manipulated got and it all stolen from them killed yep. and and it was just the most heartbreaking thing ever that was my first kind of step into it to the point that when bringing it up to a family member at one time i won't use their name but a family member they came back and saying well they were trying to kill us they were trying to you know and i was like well we we were Taking their land from them, of course, they're going to try and kill us. They want, you know, they're protecting themselves. They're scared and they didn't know what we were doing. We were trying to kill them. Yeah, we were trying to force They were protecting on them. themselves. So it's just very much like these older generations of people don't even know the true story because they were never given a chance no. for that true story to come out. And, and or they don't want to know the truth because the truth is too much to handle. Yeah. Then they're perception of America being great would be completely blown out of the water. Yeah, that's fair. And we've been selectively ignorant for too long. We have. And most generations have. I really think our kids' generations are the ones that are like, "Mm, that doesn't make sense and question it. Yeah. You know, even generations, I think, it's more the generations after ours that are like, we got to question this shit because we were very much, um, yeah, you know, just, oh, okay, that's what happened. Cool. It doesn't you know? affect you. It's no big deal. Yeah. No big yeah. deal. So we're doing, we're going to do better. Yeah. We're trying to do better. Yeah. We can always learn. Gen Z, man. They're going to save us. Oh I just. Oh my God. <laughs> they're going to take over everything. They're going to save us. Yeah. So in this initiative. In this Mm -hmm. report. Yeah. In the research that they did, they made it abundantly clear that it was very necessary to determine what constituted a boarding school. Right? Okay. 
because there were schools everywhere. They were putting schools on reservation lands. They were putting schools on uh, just random government lands everywhere. So it was quite possible that you could be sent to an Indian school that was just down the road from your house. But it was still like them um, trying to force you to uh, speak English, drop all your tribal languages, everything like that. Become a Christian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to identify what constituted a boarding school. And even if the school was on reservation land, they still included some of those as boarding schools for the purposes of this initiative because it wasn't supporting a native culture. Right. And Does I, that make sense? Well, yeah, too. And it, when you look back, they were like, well, they were they were totally lying to these people about it from day one. So we they had to. They had to look at all the schools. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna lie about it. So for a school to qualify as a federal Indian boarding school, mm-hmm. the institution had to meet four criteria. It could provide on-site housing or overnight lodging. It was described in records as providing formal academic or vocational training and instruction. Okay. It was described in records as receiving federal government funds or other support. And it was operational before 1969. Wow. Okay. Yes. Outside of the scope of this initiative, the Department of the Interior identified over a thousand other federal and non-federal institutions, including Indian day schools, sanitariums, asylums, orphanages, and standalone dormitories that may have involved education of American Indian, Alaska Native, and Native Hawaiian people, mainly Indian children. Jesus. So they were sending kids to asylums as well. So, yeah. (laughs) The... Like Shai mentioned before, the greatest concentration of schools in the Indian boarding school system was in Oklahoma. Yeah. And there were 76. We have 77 counties in Oklahoma. There were 76 Indian boarding schools. What? Mm -hmm. (laughs) There were seven in Arizona. And there were 43 in New Mexico. Jesus. Yeah. So we had 76. <laughs> yeah. Of the 508, there were a ton on um, present day American soil. So <sighs> the investigation shows that approximately 50% of the boarding schools 
may have received support or involvement from a religious institution or organization. Oh, well, that's shocking, isn't it? Including funding, infrastructure, and personnel. So let's be 100% clear here, okay? Yep. The personnel in the form of teachers that taught or took care of these schools, most of the time were Christian missionaries. Mm-hmm. They were not teachers by trade. They were Christian missionaries that were there to do one job. And that was to teach children English and enforce that they use English only mm-hmm. to ensure that they converted to Christianity mm-hmm. and to make sure that their manual labor jobs were being done around the school yep you're right oh my god (laughs) i i i just oh god okay i i'm mm -hmm. yep i'm pretty upset yeah go so what happened was because it says here that the schools may have received support or involvement from a religious institution or organization Mm mm-hmm Most of the time, the religious institution or organization was not providing monetary support. They were paid by the federal government. Of course they were. Yep. So, and they were paid per child. So the more kids they had, the more money they made. Ding, ding, ding. Mm -hmm. So. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So the system was designed to deploy militarized and identity-altering methodologies. Right, like they shaved their heads. To make them assimilate. And assimilate is a really nice word uh, by saying forcing them by force Mm -hmm. and abuse Mm -hmm. To make them do what the powers that be wanted them to do. Right. Which was the Christian missionaries. Yep. Yeah. What they wanted you to do. Yeah. So they shaved your heads, which most of these tribes more than likely. Yeah. Their hair, hair was, is a huge thing. It was a, oh. It's a huge thing. And they. Sh- they I'm, changed their names. Yep. To English names. Yep. They. Did not let them use any sort of tribal languages or religions or practices in any of their daily life. And they organized them into units to perform military drills. So They were militarizing them? uh Uh-huh. For what? Probably to fight their wars. To ensure that they had... American military had backup in some sort of way. And to find, I mean, historically, kids that are underprivileged have been funneled into the military. Oh, right. They right? target, they target yeah. lower and middle class kids. So Always have that. I mean, that was obviously a motivation here as well. Right. So, like I said before, the rules were enforced through corporal, corporal punishment. Mm. Solitary confinement. Fuck. Flogging. 
I'm sorry, a child? Yeah. Withholding food, <laughs> whipping, slapping, and cuffing. cuffing. And it said that typically if the teachers or the adults that were in charge did not want to enforce the punishments, they would make older kids enforce it on younger kids. Because that's what abusers do. Yeah. Keep their keep their little noses clean. I'm just saying, were they going off the the scripture spare the uh spoil the child how was it spare the rod and spoil the child bullshit? No, actually <laughs> the first Indian school that was enacted, the lieutenant colonel that enacted the school had a motto that said, kill the Indian, save the man. Are you serious? Yeah. So that was their whole, I mean, they wanted to kill the whole culture, the, the whole every culture. remnant of, of native language, culture, religion, anything like that, because it was already too late for them to transform the adults, right? Right. So as long as they got the kids yeah. early. That's sick, man. And forced them to put their kids into these schools. Yeah. Because if not, they withhold money and food rations and everything right. else. They'd force these kids in there, brainwash these kids and, and force them to, you know, to be good little white European Americans. And... By the time they got out of there, by the time they got out of the schools, if they made it out alive, they had no connection to their original family. It's not like they were going home in the summer and visiting mom and dad. They lived at these schools from like the age of four to like 18. They they just took the kids away. Yeah. Like, yeah, these tribes were very much very much a tribe it was all about community and you're taking their children away from them to no longer know that community to actually know nothing but fear and um you know what am i trying to say fear and punishment enforcement and, and falling enforcement. in line yeah, yeah like not you know not depending on other people to help you and even if they made their way back to the tribe after they were out of school or whatever, mm-hmm. they had no, they had no concept they of no, culture was, and language and anything else. R- literally beaten out of them. Yep. Like everything that they may have learned it early on was completely gone. Yeah. What kills me about this, which you may talk about this in a minute, I don't know, but it just brought back to me that they did this to get rid of this culture, yet this culture helped us win a war, did it not? The Was it the – what was the name of that? I just remember the movie about the code breakers. Oh, yeah. Well, they – I mean, they obviously used – They used their language they to – They used them anytime they needed to. They <laughs> used like, them to take land from them. They duped them into handing over land in exchange for broken promises. I mean, all of that. But the they used them until they didn't need to use them anymore, and then they just kicked them to the side. Right. You know, it's not like they're – Right. The – Okay. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. just. It's it, so 
remember I said that they they got paid by the child. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> so for these schools, there were teachers assigned, which were typically Christian missionaries. And then there were also agents. So I'm I'm using agents in quotations. And they were agents that would work for what's now called the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Okay. But at that time, it was kind of considered um, Indian police, like stuff like that. Okay. They were actively trying to control the tribes and ensure that uh, tribal members fell in line and kids were in school and all that. So part of this job of agents assigned to these schools was to ensure that beds were full. And I don't just mean that every bed of a 150-bed school or whatever were filled. This means two to three children per bed. Okay? So... Oh, my God. Yeah. So if beds were not full, the agents would then go to tribes, whether the tribe was close to the school or far away, agents would go to a tribe and say, okay, it's time for your, you know, four-year-olds to head off to school, round them up. You have to do this per X bullshit agreement Mm -hmm. or we'll withhold your rations, you know? So when these agents would come to town or to the camps or whatever, parents would flee up into the mountains, yeah. into the next, you know, the next city or town or whatever. Right. To keep their kids out of these fucking schools. Yeah. And those agents would hunt them down and take take the kids out of their mother's arms. Jesus Christ. Take them to school. So, yeah. So... They, they were, they were forced into it. Yeah. And they were forced into it by the threat of starvation for the parents. Yeah. And then if that didn't work, they were literally having their kids wrenched out of their arms. Right. To be sent to these schools. And the reason why is because these schools were providing free manual labor to create, uh, to, to farm crops, to butcher meat, to do um, uh, metalwork. They were having kids as young as four or five years old in manual labor jobs for four to six hours a day. So their first two or three hours of the day is learning English and reading the Bible. And the last half of their day is manual labor jobs. So a lot of these kids were farming food and provisions that were being sold and marketed while they're being fed sugar and bread basically to keep them alive. Fuck. But 
reports of from these schools clear back in the mid to late 1800s were like, these kids are malnourished, lice is rampant, hygiene is awful, and there is evidence of physical and sexual abuse. Jesus Christ. So they're being beaten. They're dying from disease that they don't have the natural ability to fight. Right. They are dying from uh, malnourishment. Right. Some of them are intentionally being starved to death. Right. Because otherwise they can't control them. Yeah. And some of them are beat to death, murdered, you know, shot. Just can't. It's, it's disgusting. And we don't know what the truth is because they didn't keep fucking good records. Well, no, because they knew what they were doing was yeah. wrong. Yeah. So what do you do when you when you know something's wrong? You don't keep record of it. Yeah, exactly. That would just leave, you know. Exactly. That would leave a trail of evidence to convict you in, in some way. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So. Mm. Jesus. They were smarter than Hitler was. Hitler kept records, and that's how they got all of his men. There's so fucking Christ. There's just so many issues that there's so much to investigate, and they can't. They've already found, you know, five hundred children in various graves. Okay, just in this first year. Wow. Okay. So some of them are. Are marked graves and some of them are unmarked, like unmarked mass graves, right? right? Yeah. So they are actively trying to identify remains. They are actively trying to identify tribal connections for these children because they changed their names. Right. To Christian names. Probably like John Smith and bullshit like that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So... In addition to this federal initiative, there are other projects being done currently that are relying on private funding and things like that to try to identify remains at schools around the country. So one of those projects is called the Genoa Indian School Project. And this is in Nebraska. Okay. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. These people over the last few years have done research in the school's archives and identified the names of 102 students that died while in the care of the school. Oh. Okay? Okay. These students aged in range from 4 to 22. Fuck. And they determined that they died in accidents which would be like industrial accidents, I think. Okay. By drowning, by shooting, or from disease, like tuberculosis and pneumonia. Yeah. So one descendant of a Genoa school student, this is his great-grandmother that went to school there, was blinded while she was there, from having lye soap rubbed into her eyes as a punishment. Oh, my God. Yeah. What? Yeah. So, 
I think that the federal project will obviously uncover much more than they already have as time goes on. Yeah. In their initial report, they did not, they disclosed where all of the schools are historically located. Mm -hmm. They did not disclose where they have found unknown remains. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Because they don't want anybody going and disturbing remains and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, yeah. So I found an article on an Oklahoma uh, newspaper site called The Frontier. And this article um, describes the findings at the Chiloco Indian Agricultural School, which was just north of Ponca City. Oh, wow. In north central Oklahoma. Uh huh. Yep. And people that currently take care of that abandoned school were students, so they're alumni. And uh, one of them was a superintendent of the school as well. And this was way later. This was like 70s. Okay. 70s, 80s. But over the years, they have started looking into things and uh, looking in the school's archive documents and things like that. They knew about 10 marked graves that were on the school's cemetery site. So there were 10 graves that were marked and appropriately noted, basically. But over the years, they have found 57 additional graves. Okay. Uh huh. And they believe that they occurred between 1884 and 1937. Oh my gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So both Jim Baker and his wife Charmaine are s- retired. They both worked at the school and attended the school. Oh, wow. Okay. When they were young. And Jim became the first superintendent of that school that was also an alumni. Okay. Okay. So they have been working to try to determine who the remains belong to and where they are from so that they can, you know, bury them appropriately and everything like that. Right. But they admit that a lot of the documents are pretty sketchy. And probably don't paint the full picture of what really happened here. Right. So they also painted kind of a rosy picture about their experience with the school. Mm -hmm. And I think it was because it was later, like in the, you know, after the 1950s. Um. Because they really enjoyed their time at the school. They thought it was a great school. They had, it had a great impact on their life. They loved it. And I think it was because it was in later. And I wonder why it did, like, what is the, just new people came to? I think when it got to that point in time, there was more uh, exposure on what was going on and probably a, more of a feeling of you kind of have to take care of kids. You can't let them be child labor. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, oh, let's actually make this school look like a school. Yeah. And I think that's what was happening here. I don't know that for a fact, but it is what it is. But in this article as well, they interview a gentleman named Gordon Yellowman, who is the director of the Cheyenne and Arapahoe Language and Culture Program. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, schools, these schools were a fucking dumpster fire. These schools caused us multi-generational trauma. Um, He's like, languages have been lost because of these schools. Tribal cultures have been lost because of these schools. And it it was just a really interesting article as a whole. So I'm going to link that in our show notes um, because it's, it's a really well-written article and it's really interesting. Nice. But these are the people that are actively trying to identify remains at some of these schools. They are getting funding from private sources and private donations because the U.S. government is not providing funding for it outside of their own initiative. (laughs) So just FYI. Do we know what do we know how people can fund that? Do they have like a public funding site where people can go on and Yes. And so some of these schools have their own private foundations okay. set up where you can donate. Um some of these people have very public projects happening and some of the projects like this one in northern Oklahoma is pretty low key and they're kind of doing it all themselves yeah for the most part so yeah uh i will link that article okay and people can see how how they can get in touch with jim baker and see how they can help fund these efforts in oklahoma specifically nice okay okay so it's just kind of obviously this is not going to be resolved not anytime soon. No, and it it never can be because there's n- not going to be anyone that will ever answer for any of this. Oh, yeah, no. Ever. No. I think for the U.S. government to be like, uh, yeah, th- our predecessors really fucked up would be. And to an, to an extent, they have said that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fix it. No. But to an extent, they have said we recognize that there was widespread abuse there was an attempt to kill an entire culture mm-hmm. and we're sorry question mark i mean th- you can't yeah you can't fix it with anything like this right but i am taking a personal personal responsibility in educating myself yeah because you can't wait for other people to educate you right right, right. So I'm taking a personal responsibility of educating myself so that I can be better. Right. And I'm going to teach my child these things, too. Yeah. Because she won't learn them in school. Right. No. But they've made sure that our children will not learn anything other than whitewashed history. Yes. They have made that abundantly clear in Oklahoma. Yes. So I'm going to teach her all the sides of history. So she can decide what side right. she wants to be on. Yeah. And then yeah. hopefully it's the right side. Right. I mean, I think, too, um, since, you know, school districts, governments, whatever, do, do not want to teach. I just lost the term. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. 
whatever. Um, they don't want to teach these real his- historical oh, happenings. Yeah. What's it called? Why? See, like, we, I don't. We I, didn't even have it. So, because they have put such a huge restriction on that, because they're so worried about their white children being upset about what their, you know, families did way back in the day. Yeah. Um, it is up to us as parents, as aunts and uncles, as grandparents, if that's your thing, to, like Shanna said, educate yourself and then ed- educate your children because the powers that be don't want that to happen. No one else is going to educate your kids. Yeah, no one else. Um, no one else wants your kids to learn the truth about the country they live in. <laughs> um, that's up to you, but also to make sure that you are getting your information from reliable sources and not Facebook um, that may link to reliable sources. But let's be honest. It's not real life. It's not real life. Um and also people, I mean, just, you know, sit down and have those hard conversations, I guess. I think that's something that we should um, push to do as we, like, navigate through this podcast realm that we're in. Yeah. Is really sit down and have hard conversations, um, especially with people of color, because you guys, Shan and I are the whitest of the white. We are the palest people like, on the planet. we even did the 23 and me, and we are- It was just like, you're pale. It's like, sorry, you're 99% <laughs> white. Um, so we we didn't have those cultures um, in, a, a, you know, in, in our upbringing. So to learn these cultures, to learn- As an adult. As an adult, too. Um it's hard. I get it. People don't want to face truth sometimes. Um, it's hard to face truths, but it's also I couldn't live with myself if I kept living an ignorant life and not wanting to constantly learn and constantly um no constantly just learn. I just want to yeah. learn. I want to know um, you know, all I want to know these different cultures. I want to know, you know, how I can be more of an ally to them, right? How yeah. Shannon and I can. And I think we need to, that's something that we need to um, have hard conversations. Yeah. We need yeah. to really look for maybe introducing into our podcast realm and, you know, just going forward and just, I just want to help. I don't, I'm not here to, um, not here to steer anyone in any certain direction, but I do want to educate people. I want to help educate people, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's fair. That's so, super fair. That was rough, Shan. I, I know. I knew I'm it was sorry. happening, and I've seen it a few times on the national news and local, and I was like, God damn, this is going to be. And it's there's so much more than I could ever put into one podcast oh, episode. No doubt. And like I said, the initial report is 106 pages long. It has a lot of facts. It has a lot of historical text in it. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of information that you have likely never seen before. Oh, I'm sure. And this is just a public government report. So imagine what all shit they actually saw. Oh yeah. So you know they, what I mean? Yeah. This is the this is the literal whitewash shit right. that's coming out. So critical race theory. Oh, thank I, you. I'm sorry. I knew it would come back to me when I wasn't trying to think of it. You're right. Yes. You're that, totally right. They do not want that to happen in Oklahoma. Um, but I think it's up to us to 
We'll yeah, if they don't want to teach it. it in school, I'll teach my kids. I'm fine with that. We can fucking teach the people on the podcast too. Like, yeah, I'm fine let's with that. have those conversations. Let's talk real shit. Reach out to us if you're a part of that community and you are you're a part of the community that wants to help teach it. And let's talk. Like, let's get yeah. this going so we don't continue to raise ignorant assholes that yeah. think they need to just kill whole cultures because it's different than yeah. what they are taught in a book from a book. That's fair. So That's super fair. Good job, Shay. Good job, Shan. <laughs> You're the one that you did an amazing job. Good job, Shay. Good job, Shan. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore OK underscore pod.